Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This podcast is about sex. If you're faint-hearted or easily offended, you might not want to listen. But you should. Join me, Tracy Cox, and Kelsey Chittick as we share honest and real sex advice on this award-winning podcast. Tracy is an international sex educator and author of lots of books about sex and relationships. Kelsey is a podcaster, comedian, and author who is getting out of her comfort zone both in the bedroom and in these conversations. Each week, we answer three anonymous sex and relationship questions sent in by you, our listeners. And nothing is off limits. Here's Sex Talk. Welcome back, everybody. Um, episode three, season four. Time goes very, very fast. My highlight of my week talking to you, lovely Kelsey, who Same. represents the real person on the street who is not me. And she's often very good at saying to me, actually, people don't think that way, Trace. You just think people think that way. So it's very good to have this perspective because, do you know what? I have been writing my column for the Mail Online for 10 years once a week. That is 52 ideas a year. That's 520 ideas on sex and relationships that I've had to come up with. Bloody hell. And I just started, I mean, I just started, I just started talking about it three weeks ago. I mean, it's just, we talk about this a lot, but at least my generation in the States, most of us did not talk about any of this. And I, Mm. I still feel uncomfortable sometimes when we talk about it because it's just, we talk about it when we drink, when we're out at like a bar or when we're in a group of girls, but it's private. And it's not like we just, we were not raised to talk about any of this stuff. And it's just funny how what what you are taught when you're young is so embedded in you. So for me, even when we post things about this, I'm like, oh my God, is that okay to, is it okay to say masturbate or build dildo or vibrator? Like I just, it was not part of my, it was just not part of what we spoke about in public. And now here and I am. And I'm with, the opposite. And I'm I know. Like, because I'm almost too blunt. Like I, today I put a post about the um, last week's podcast and I wrote ejaculation. I thought, is it okay to say ejaculation in, in, on Instagram? I mean, sure I would never. people don't say would ejaculation never, on Instagram. I would never say ejaculation. I can barely repost things when they say ejaculation. It's just... <laughs> And it's funny because I'm really outgoing about this stuff and with yeah. my friends and privately I can do it. But for some reason, when it becomes a public thing, we were just taught that, you know, sex is very private. It's between two people and your vagina is very special and quiet. And we don't talk about that. You know, we just mm. simply don't talk about it. So here we are talking about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You ready to start? Right. I like I'm these ready. questions. I'm ready. Okay. From our listeners. I don't know where to start, but please help me because our sex life is such a mess. We've been married for 12 years and it's the usual story. Things started out great, then we got bored and sex got less and less frequent. Now we barely do it and it's awkward and not pleasurable. Don't tell me to try something new because it's beyond that. I wish we could wipe the slate clean and start again. What advice do you have? We literally just talked about this at a holiday dinner last night. Like what in Did God's you? name do you do when you're, you love the person deeply and you are bored to tears in bed? 
Um, do you know, we've talked about this in various forms and my usual answer is always the same. It's always have an honest chat with your partner, confront the elephant in the room, say, look, I miss our sex. Do you miss it? Let's talk about this. Talk about what's working, what's not. Come up with a practical list of what you need to improve. And so anyone who listens to this podcast knows that that's the way I generally deal with it. So I'm quite focused on mechanics versus emotion. But do you know... Every sex therapist that you actually go to has a very different solution. So I thought that I would talk about a different way to look at that problem today rather than the, the way I normally do it. And have you ever heard of the Sensate Focus program, Kelsey? No, but I can't no. wait to. You might you might enjoy it. See, this is so not a me thing. That's why I don't talk about it very much. But it, it, I think it would really work to press the reset button, as she said, you know, can I wipe the slate clean when you can? So it's very different. So what you do is you basically go right back to the start. And it's a series of exercises that sound really dozy and dopey, but they make sense. So the first thing you do is, you, the whole point of these to begin with is to get the togetherness and the closeness. And if you haven't had sex for a while, you feel awkward, you've got to actually get used to just lying together again and not feeling awkward. So the whole thing starts by literally, both of you lying in bed can be, on top of the covers or underneath, probably better on top, fully clothed if you want or naked if you want. And you literally just lie there, maybe for about 15 minutes. You you can just lie there and say nothing and listen to each other's breathing. You might want to chat. You might want to, you know, stroke each other on the hands or the forearms or something like that or the leg and just do that for about 15 minutes. Now, you might already be doing this because sometimes often sex stops and infection's still going, but just do that. You're going to think, what, what's the point of all this, you know, all that sort of stuff. But anyway, just do it. Next time you do it, and I'm talking about a week between these sessions, maybe a couple of days, depending on how often you have sex or not have sex, but aim for at least once a week for each of these sessions. Next session, same thing. You're lying in bed, except this time yet you're naked. Mm -hmm. There is no pressure, no sex, no sexual touching. You're just lying there, being together just getting used to two naked bodies, lying together again, no expectation, no pressure, nothing, right? Next session, you repeat it again. Now, this time you're naked again, you talk about what arouses you. You might want to experiment with some touch, but no sexual touching, just, you know, non-erogenous zone touching. You might want to talk about caressing. You might feel turned on. If you do feel turned on, don't act on it. You've got it. I want you to just lie there, feel aroused, feel together, feel like, God, this is quite fun, isn't it? And to get to that point, the next time you move into, it's all a bit of a process, so sorry if it sounds boring, but the next time you take in turns caressing each other. So one person touches at one time, the other one receives. And the whole point of this is that you're touching without expectation and the other person is simply allowing you to do that. There's no feedback, there's nothing. It's just a purely mindful exercise of touching without judgment. So you do that, then you do the same exercise a week later and you're allowed to strain to erogenous zones, right? The next week you might introduce something like oral sex, you might want to use a sex toy. The next week you go a little bit further and this whole process takes about two months and at the end of that you get into penetrative sex if that's indeed what you fancy. And the point of that, and then you can, sorry I, I missed out on the stage, in between the take, taking turns touching then there's simultaneous touching. So you're, it's like you, you've never had sex before and you're taking little baby steps of learning about sex, kind of what you did as a teenager really. 
except there was less just lying and acting beside, you know, beside each other. So not really like a teenager. But it really can press the reset button. And it is a different way of looking at how to break that drought that's not try something new, push yourselves out of your comfort zone, all the stuff that I normally talk about. Now, I don't know whether that would work for me because I'm not that type of person. Would it work for you? Oh, my God. That's that's the first thing that makes sense to me. I mean, that, Is that it really? Yeah. I mean, all the ideas of like trying bondage and going to a hotel and pretending to be someone else, like it just doesn't feel at all like something I could do or I could have done. Yeah. I mean, for me, this sounds a lot like, like imago therapy and talk therapy with couples where you just start by listening and you start by taking turns and you start by going, just like going back to the very beginning of trying to get to know each other. And so you say, you know, I, I'm feeling a little sad today. And they go, I hear that you're feeling sad today. And they don't get to talk. They don't get to tell anything about their emotions. And you say, I get overwhelmed when you yell. I hear that you get overwhelmed when I yell. Is that right? Yes. And so it's like taking turns of people getting to be able to be seen without having to then go back and do something for someone else. Like it's 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 a pause mm. in the relationship. And I think that's, that's what- That's exactly what this is. What's that therapy called? It's called Imago, I-M-A-G-O. And it's just about- learning to listen and slow down everything and not mm-hmm. having to defend or not having to question. One person gets to experience all of the attention and then there is no reciprocation. Then it's over. And then the next Perfect. session, the guy gets to say what he feels and you can't defend, you can't question it. You just you just repeat it back. And what happens is over time, you start to feel closer. And I think this sounds like a really Six brilliant thing. Of it. Yeah. yeah, because yeah. you get to be together without any expectation and nobody has to figure out if they like it or not because you're not doing anything. You're just being together. And then sneakily, you're all you're like, wait, I think I might be attracted to this guy because we're mm-hmm. sitting here and I actually just, I'm not mad at him. I'm not annoyed. I'm not sick of what we have always done or what how he's like, oh, I'm actually turned on. And I don't, that's a feeling I couldn't even recognize because we were so busy disagreeing about mm-hmm. our sex life. And also this version of like that woman saying, God, you know, we've tried everything. It's just, we do the same thing in bed over and over and over. Of course you're going to get bored. It's fine. And this is a way of completely taking yourself out of yourself, isn't it? And, and just starting. And I love, I love the idea of that therapy that you just don't, you, you, you don't, because when you have an argument or a problem while the other person is talking, you're, you don't listen. You're just think, thinking about your bit. You're plotting. I'm going to say that. And not by God, they just said this. I'm going to say that back to that. You don't get anywhere at all. Yeah. And I think sex can be like that. It's like, well, I don't like the way that's touching. He's touching me. And I don't like, this is doing nothing for me. And rather than just relaxing and being, you could do that version with feedback. You could add in feedback because they say don't do the feedback, but you could do that later. Yeah. And that's that's defeating the purpose, isn't it? Yeah. And in the other thing that in Imago therapy they talk about is that throughout your marriage, you need to fall in love with at least 10 people, but they all can be your spouse. So like mm. there's so many different versions of us that maybe after, you know, a certain time periods of time go by and you really don't know each other anymore. And you haven't gotten to you you haven't gotten to know this new version, whether it's after you have kids or after the kids leave or after there's been something that's happened or so it's this idea that you're not really trying to reconnect with your husband, the old husband that you're talking about. You're actually trying to reconnect with the man that you're with now, whoever mm-hmm. he is, because he's different from the 24 year old you married yeah. or the 36 year old you had kids with. Now he's a 50 year old guy. Like he's a different person. So how do we reconnect emotionally and physically with people, the same person as they change throughout their lifetime? So 
I like it. put. She's stolen me on this one. Guys. That's great because that is a version. That is a sex version of that, isn't it? Yeah. What you did in your 20s does no longer work when you're 47. It just, it it simply doesn't. I think it gets better when you're 47, honestly, at Mm, least that's been my experience. But again, I wasn't, I'm not in a marriage anymore. So it's, it's a different, it's a different ballgame when you have freedom at this age. So. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Okay, here we go. Next question. Oh, okay. I like this one too. This is like my episode. (laughs) What's your view on recreational drugs and whether they help or hinder sex? My libido seems to be dwindling with age. I'm 47, but when I smoke marijuana, I feel much more in the mood. The problem is after we've had a good sex session while stoned, sex without the drugs seems even more boring. Am I creating another problem for myself? Oh, this is, this is a good one. It is. Yes, she is. And, and in some, I mean, because drug-enhanced experiences feel very different than normal life experiences. And this is why we take recreational drugs, isn't it? To make, you know, enhance our lives in lots of ways. And anyone who's ever smoked weed knows that even, you know, can make the most mundane thing like eating ice cream feel like the best experience you've ever had in your entire life. But the problem is what she already knows in that if you have lots of drug-enhanced um, sex, then sober sex can pale in comparison. And I had a relationship with somebody who was a big stoner and all we ever had was stone sex. And it it was, it got so very quickly to the point where I was not interested unless I was stoned. And I have to say, and I think this is probably what one solution to this one, is that it can also get to the point where you're sick of only ever having sex when you're stoned. And you can, because it, once you, then that becomes the norm and it becomes equally as boring. Because the reality is, both types of sex are as pleasurable. Druggy sex or drug-enhanced sex is, can be really nice because it's hazy and it's surreal. And sober sex can be fantastic because you're completely in the moment. You're mentally alert. You're focused. You know, you, you're really seeing the person in front of you. So, and, you know, drug experiences can very quickly turn dark. And also you shouldn't rely on a drug for anything, really. I mean, if you want to increase desire, there are ways to do it in other ways, like, you know, try some erotica, try some toys, talk about new experiences. So this is what I would do. I would set a limit on it and I would do it as a treat. Maybe if she has sex once a week, maybe do it every month, every six weeks or something like that. Or you could go the other way and do kind of what happened to me and just make yourself sick of it and just do it every single time. But that depends on your personality because what one worry might happen there is that suddenly they're like, oh, this isn't working out. Why don't we try a bit of MDMA? Why don't we try something else? And next minute, (laughs) they're on the slippery slope. But she's not wrong in saying that 
weed and desire are linked and it's very much being touted as the way forward for women who are going through menopause and, and lose desire because there was a 2018 study, this was regular weed smokers, not just weed smokers who smoke it during sex, they had more sex, better orgasms, desire was higher, they rated their sex as more sexually satisfying and if any of the women had painful sex, it, the pain was less. But yeah. what your lungs will look like at the end of this, I don't know. And I'm taking no responsibility for that. But so there you go. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, I think this is something we all were talked, we we were taught and talked about a bunch, you know, growing up, but it was more about wine. Like I need to have a glass of wine before I have sex. Mm. Like now pots in there and other drugs are in there, but it's always been this 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 thought that women need something to relax, to get into the mood you know, hold on, let me have sex. I mean, I remember we used to have great sex when I would come home from a girl's night, you know, when you're kind of a little tipsy. So I think that what, I mean, I have a new a new idea around it where I do think what happens is if you can, if when, you, when you're drinking or you've had marijuana or you've done a drug or something, whatever feeling you have when you're, when you're having sex with, with that help, you can start to memorize, you can start to memorize what it feels like to kind of let, let go and let loose. And you can create a new, pathway in your brain on what it feels like to not care because the drug is basically making you be more easygoing, being more, yeah. yeah, I mean, being more adventuresome. So you now know you can do it you, you and you now know you like it. So what you have to do now is go, okay, whatever that feeling was when I was on something, how do I recreate that without it? And that's the, where the magic comes in because mm. somehow you now know, okay, I do like that. I would have never tried that if I hadn't been here. And so then mm. you try it you know, when it's really, I mean, I also, I'm a big believer in super dark. And, and <laughs> you like super dark. I su- well, if you're, if you're trying new things and if you are, you need music and I super dark. I see a bit though. I mean, a candle. We need, I'm not talking like pitch oh. black where you can't find the person. <laughs> I'm saying like no, no woman in their mid forties wants like it to be bright, sunny, shiny. Like it's just, it's, it's, I don't know. You need, everything needs to be turned down a bit, just turned down a bit. And mm. I think I think, you know, daytime sex for married couples that have kids and stuff, it's fine, but it is hard when the sun is banging through oh, the... yeah, daylight, especially yeah, God, try it's being a lot. in Australia, the light there is harsh. It's yeah. Harsh. And so people are like, oh, we have sex on Tuesdays, you know, and I'm like, well, make it at night, you know, but I think people have different habits. So mm. I don't know. I think that you use, you you don't use them all the time, but you use them to show you what you are capable of if you would were able to let go a little bit. Because that's all mm. drugs do. They make you stop thinking so much about how you look or what you're doing or trying something new. You're just, well, they just uninhibited. I mean, I remember, of course, not recently, but having a big spliff and then watching a, a movie and then just thinking, just the person on screen, was. I was just like, oh, my God, this is the most handsome person I've ever seen in my life. I want to have sex with them right now. And then I watched the film again completely sober and I was like, uh, who is this person? <laughs> Oh my God. 100%. So they do, they all be goggles, weed yeah. goggles. They can help as well, can't they? Because suddenly your partner who's, you know, Johnny takes out the bins and suddenly John, who's this sex god, that suddenly, you know, and, and I think, it, I mean, it can be quite fun. But there are so many downsides as well to drugs, as we all know. Yeah. Um, and you don't want to be taken up smoking weed because you'll end up with terrible lungs and then you'll die and you won't have any sex at all. There you go. And that's what one night stands are built on. They're built on someone getting hammered and then waking up the next morning <laughs> yeah. and being like, holy Toledo, we're going to need to get out of here quick. I mean, there, that's pretty clear. So I would say yeah. just stay aware of it. Sounds like you already are aware of it because you're asking Tracy about mm. it. So mm. whatever you're doing, Trust. just keep, uh, keep your eye on it and try to do both. Okay. Now we're going to just move into a kind of a 
downer, but a serious one that a lot of people um, are dealing with. Okay, last question. I was diagnosed with a rare and aggressive breast cancer in my 30s, almost four years cancer-free now. Returning to sex after surgeries and scars was difficult, and I've read so many stories of women that have faced the same thing. From hair loss, loss of breast, and early menopause, so many women are struggling to find their way back to enjoying sex. I'd love to hear your perspective on body image and sex, especially after surgery. Gosh, I had to really, really think about this. And first of all, sorry to this poor woman who's had to go through all of this, and congratulations for beating the little bust. Exactly. Seriously. I mean, this is such a huge issue because it's it's not just physical. It's it's your, you know, it, it's having to rethink, isn't it? It's psychological. It's having to rethink if your body is something that gives you pleasure. Then all of a sudden you were just struggling to keep it alive and then it's come out the other side and you're a completely different person. Of course you are. And how do you reconcile that? And of course, if you, I don't know if she's got a partner um, with her or not, but it's the same whether you have or you haven't. It's just, just you, this feeling of, of that you're not the same person, but you are the same person. And how do you reconcile with all this? And of course, you're going to have a fear of rejection if your body is not the same. But my overriding feeling with all of this, before we say anything else, is that any decent person is going to see changes, scarring, loss of hair, breasts is completely irrelevant if they really like you. And communication is is sort of the key. But I, I kind of, in terms of the body confidence, I'm skipping all over the place here, but I would, I think it's, I kept thinking it's a bit like aging. You can't go back and be the person you were before. You have to accept it and see positives or else what's the point? You know, you could sit around and go, well, wow, I wish my body was the same as it was, but it's not, it's not going to be. So you can look at your body as flawed and imperfect, but it's kept you alive. It's not flawed and imperfect. You could see, I mean, I would, like to think that if this happened to me, I would see the scars as a triumph. There's more of a battle scar than you've won. You won this. Your body is amazing. It got you through this. And I don't know if there was, there was a big campaign here. I don't know if it made it to the States with um, a cancer campaign with women who'd had mastectomies and hadn't opted for the reconstruction. And they were the most beautiful photographs of all these women who'd done stuff like had tattoos all over their chest and flowers. And there was this one particular woman, she was an older woman. She looked fantastic. Yeah. And they were celebrating their life and, and proving, and beauty is so subjective anyway. Beauty goes way beyond the physical. And for anyone to judge you for having these scars of having been through such a traumatic thing, it's probably not worth having at all. Yeah. So that's what I think in a nutshell. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think I think you're it's you're totally normal to feel that way. I think any time that we have trauma, and then any time we have things taken off our body, or there's something that people can see that you can't hide it, it's a reminder of a tough time, or it's a reminder of what you didn't want to happen. I will say what I have learned just recently and over the past couple of years is that really it's it helps me to remember when I'm with a man, I don't literally care about anything on his body. I mean, they've got all sorts of things. And if I like him, I like him. Mm-hmm. And I'm not like, oh, I wish this was different. I wish that was different. I mean, I, I like someone to be fit and strong and healthy, of course. But other than that, you know, I don't go like, oh, I wish he had more hair. I wish that that his butt didn't look like that. Mm-hmm. And I think that we as women, if we knew how little they cared about that, like when a man is into you and when you're naked and when you're, they don't, they're, they're not thinking about any of that. So my advice would be just to really rethink what you, how you envision they are taking in your body. They mm. are not worried about what you are worried about. Men and women just think about things differently. We think of it from an aesthetic view 
And they are thinking like, does she, does she want me? Does, is she attracted to me? Is this fun for her? Am I enjoying it? So I think that, you know, and I, I agree, it's like aging. Like there's, there's things in life that you go like, I can't change this. So how do I make peace with it? So, I mean, I'm a big believer in meditation, kind of mm-hmm. sit with yourself, sit with your body and just be grateful for it and just see all the gifts that it's brought you. And there's a good chance that whoever you're with is a really awesome person. So that's a gift. And you're like, oh man, I have all this. And I got this guy that doesn't even, it doesn't mind. You know, I think you have to practice it. I don't think people realize how much work it is to become a self-accepting mm. as oh, a person. It's difficult for anyone. Let alone yeah, yeah. The other, sorry. No, that's it. Yeah. Yep. The other thing I would say is communication is is really key with this because I was just thinking that of a friend of mine who had, she didn't have breast cancer, but she had other surgery, which left her with loads of scars all over her body. And she felt horrific. She said, you know, she felt like Frankenstein. And her partner wasn't, and she said, and he obviously doesn't want to have sex with me because he's not initiating it anymore. And he wasn't initiating sex with her because I knew both of them because he was terrified. He was like, will this hurt? Does she want to have sex? He was like, the last thing I'd want to do is have sex after being through all that. So it is communication. And women are very, from what I can read and what I've heard, women are very personal about their breasts. Like some women want their partner to touch where they've had surgery because it makes them feel accepted. Others don't want you to go anywhere near the breast. Sometimes even touching a breast that perhaps hasn't had any surgery can remind them of the whole thing that they've been through. So it is very, very personal. I think it's equally as confusing for the partner that you're with. So it's, as always with all of these questions, it's always about open communication and realizing their perspective you know you're thinking oh my god they don't fancy me because they're seeing all these things they might be thinking christ she's been through so much i'm sure the last thing she wants is a relationship you know if it's somebody new they could be thinking like that so the other thing i would say is find out all the physical side effects of any treatment or any medications that you're on um just so you're not shocked by all of this like you know um, she mentioned menopause symptoms like there are solutions for all of these things and also things will feel differently if you've been through menopause you're not so keen on penetrative sex you want more you know foreplay type things so you might need to rethink the way you had sex before it might be a different kind of sex that you're enjoying and I did find one book when I was researching this um, sex after surgery for my book and it's called women cancer sex pretty good title Mm. and it's by Anne Katz K-A-T-Z she also does men cancer sex and they that was a really good book I thought that had a lot of answers to things that this lady is grappling with but bloody hell that's quite a journey and that's that's an age very early age to be going through all that yeah so um yeah yeah just and and just if as you as time goes by just be so glad that you have this to worry about that you're you're here and Mm. You're here and you have a body and it might not look exactly the way you think or that it looks in porn or it looks on magazines or it looks whatever, but in general, like you're here and um, that's something to celebrate. And if, if that if that emanates from you, that you're just so damn grateful to be alive and be here, I promise you, any man mm-hmm. will be very happy to get naked with you and do okay. what Tracy says. So, <laughs> And also, you know, the first answer, the Sensate Focus Program, that could be a very good way to start to yeah. reintroduce yourself back into sex. And the other thing is, please don't feel pressure to have sex if you don't feel desire, if you don't feel, because a lot of those drugs that you're on dampen desire and you'll learn the lesson that you'll learn later anyway, and anybody does in a long-term relationship, that desire is only one part of sex. 
and it's sex gives you so many other things. You don't need to be have this strong desire. You know, it gives you comfort. It releases tension. It makes your partner feel love. It makes you feel love. There are so many other things other than desire that you get from sex. I think too, like sex doesn't have to be sex. Like I just, I, after Nate died, I just wanted to be held. Mm. Sometimes that's the best thing. Like I just wanted someone to hug me. I just wanted to sit next to someone. I wanted to watch a show. That felt like the most intimate thing in the world. Like that's, you know, so just maybe we get out of our mind that you have to be butt naked having sex and, you know, on a bed with whatever. Like there's a thousand different ways to connect sexually and sensually that have nothing to do with anybody being naked. Yeah, and sensual. Yeah, think sensual, not sexual. And also it's a terrible, terrible thing, but it's so common. I mean, I know, maybe it's my age, but I know I know so many women who've had common. breast cancer and come out the other side. So it's probably not, it's not going to be something that no one's, that this, you know, whoever you're, whether you're, you know, into women or men or whatever, they probably have encountered it in some way, shape or form in their lives before. So I don't think you're going to have people running from the room or, you know, I think it's it's more normal than, than what you think. But yeah. Um, yeah, well, I hope that that's helped a little bit. But yeah, and it was the one final thing, I think also when you're having sex, like anybody who suffers from any sort of body image issue, is to focus on what you're feeling, not what you think your partner's seeing. So you're trying not to do what's called spectering, spectatoring, sorry, where you're sort of hovering above thinking, oh God, he's looking at the scar, oh my God, he's feeling my hair's not as thick. And, you know, just try and be in the moment, close your eyes and feel. Don't think, feel. I love it. That was a good one. I like all those questions. Good. I think they're all important. So we have so many. We have it's hard so to many. choose them. But yes. anyway, keep them coming in, please. We love lots of questions. Yes. And thanks, guys. We will talk to you next week. Have a great day. Bye. Thanks for listening to Sex Talk. If you'd like your question answered on the show, send it to us at sextoppod.com. So that's S-E-X-T-O-K-P-O-D.com. You'll find info about my books, sex products, and more sex advice at tracycox.com. And that's Tracy with an E. If you like this podcast, please send it to your friends and rate and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. <laughs>